the greatest advance in television since color television itself. Okay, boys, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Not A Bomb Watches Cowboy Bebop. This is episode 12. I'm one of your hosts, Brad Anderson, and with me as always is Troy Sauer. Troy, how are you, sir? Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little depressed. It just dawned on me that we are only a few episodes away from from the end of the animated Cowboy Bebop, and uh, I'm I'm a little sad. I'm a little worried. I'm also a little worried. We'll probably get into this, but yeah. other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and also with us is Sammy from the GGTMC. Sammy, welcome back. Hello. How's everybody doing? Good. Uh, you, you're not wearing leather, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah. That was last night. Yeah, that was yeah, last yeah. night. Uh, <laughs> like th- things got weird last night. So yeah, they uh, did. if you want to know what we're talking about, listen to our Grease 2 episode. Uh, so, gentlemen, on yeah. this episode... We were talking about session 23, brain stretch, or scratch, I'm sorry, brain scratch, and session 24, hard luck woman. Um, these are the last two episodes before the last episode, which is a two-parter. So uh, we are getting down to the end. Um, yeah, I, it kind of went by weird, weirdly fast, but like we stretched it out over like three months, uh, four months. Um, but I'm kind of sad this journey is coming to an end, but with that being said, I'm going to kind of let you guys do a lot of the talking tonight. Cause a lot of things happen, especially in our second episode that I want to get, uh, your first impressions on, but first let's talk about brain scratch, uh, which is a, is synopsized as the leader of a, a religious cult scratch has a large bounty on his head and Faye joins the cult to get the bounty. Spike takes to the streets in an effort to get to the doctor while Jet uh, and Ed buy a video game that the cult members use to ascend into a digital being. Troy, I will start with you. Brain scratch. What were your first impressions? It is entirely a different type of episode in comparison to the one that we just talked about, which I'll call the Sammy episode. So we we left the Sammy episode, which I think um, Sammy wrote, directed, starred in. I don't know, but I mean it's yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty much everything that embodies like uh, the the tropes and the genres and the types of films that I think we all like. But I I know it it is kind of close to Sammy, and it has this wild and crazy style to it, and it's consistently funny. And you walk into this one and it feels very much at home in like an X-Files series. Mm-hmm. So again, what I really like about this show is each episode 
is going to take you on a different journey. I mean, obviously there's some, you know, carryover characters and story arcs and stuff that occur, but I, I really appreciate the shift in tone and where it will go from like a spaghetti Western to film noir to something more comedic to a John Woo film. And now I feel like we're, we're in X-Files territory. I, I really like the concept. It, it feels like something that you would see on X-Files in terms of, of, Hey, there's a cult and the way that they get a hold of people is you buy this VR device, um, the brain dream, and it's doing something to you to where at the end of the day, you're, you're going to want to commit suicide because you think that your soul has been uploaded into a digital format and you're going to be immortal by kind of living on the web. So that setup and that concept, it sounds like something, you know, you would, you would definitely see in a show like the X-Files. And, and I, I really enjoyed this episode. I, I would say, um, the thing that strikes me as odd about, you know, Cowboy Bebop is you run across something like this and what, what is this like 20 years old now or, mm-hmm. uh, in, in this episode feels I don't know, like more prevalent for 2022 than any other episode, because when you when you think about it, it's this whole migration to electronics. Um, it's it's almost like if Scientology and Facebook merged. Yeah, this is this is Zuckerberg's like wet dream. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that that whole game peripheral that's used to transfer your soul to the internet. I, I feel like we're two steps away from it in 2022. Like people, if this happened today or I read about this incident in the newspaper or saw in the news, it would not surprise me. Like this, this feels more, um, I don't know, real than science fiction than some of the episodes we've, we've run across. Yeah. I wanted to pose a question. It's like people are putting, basically putting out their whole selves on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, like they're putting out pretty much everything and their soul out on the internet to share with an infinite amount of people. Um, yeah, we're, we're living it in 2022. Like people have no secrets. They have no privacy. They're sharing everything. Um, basically <laughs> their souls are living online. Yeah. I, there's a line in it that really resonated and it, and it, you know what, it's probably, the the reason i mean sammy uses this phrase quite a bit when we talk about podcasting and um i i know sammy you talk about podcasting being therapeutic and i agree with that 100 percent. It, it's like going to your therapist but not paying therapy bill right i'm just dumping everything on you guys uh just in film format or yeah. tv show format but there's a line in the show where um i think the scratch character says people are lost so they reach out and you know god didn't create humans humans created god and then he goes on and on and says you know the greatest and worst device ever created was the television and people are controlled by tiny dots of light so Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a monologue that has so much wisdom in it in terms of our current culture or current society and in that line about people are lost and so they reach out i really think that is what drives most people with social media. It's, it's just, it's a perfect way to kind of describe our society, which is as connected we are electronically, we're also so all so isolated and lonely. 
And what we end up doing is putting on this mask that we think is going to be accepted by a bunch of people. And we're going to go out there and all of a sudden have a life. And we're going to trade the physical self for this electronic life. And so this episode, it's creepy. It's it's haunting. But then within that, you peel back the onion a little bit and, and get rid of the, I don't know, the story context. And you start, I don't know, reading you know, the script and you go, holy, holy shit, this is, this is really 2022. And this is our society right now. And, and, and here it is a, a animated creative team is, uh, getting the magic eight ball out and just basically saying, oh yeah, in 20 years, this is what the world's like. I was getting a lot of, uh, brain, brain scan. What's the name of that movie that we did? Brainstorm, brainstorm. Yeah. Brain scan. Mm-hmm. Brain scan is a movie. Brain brainstorm. Yeah. Brainstorm. Yeah. brainstorm. Uh, a lot of vibes like that. Um, but Sammy, what uh, what do you got going on with this episode? I found this episode pretty interesting. I didn't expect the kind of the cult aspect of it. It was kind of odd in the beginning. And uh, I kind of got caught up in it because it feels like this is the, uh, the creator kind of speaking, you know, his mind to the to media and to what he kind of foresaw in the future i think you know about what is this 20 this is 2001 2000 no this is 1999 this okay, this okay. aired in april of 99 wow so we're almost Shoot, 23 yeah. years old My we're, talk, we're talking dreamcast here we're talking uh Ooh, yeah, yeah. 9999 <laughs> baby that's right um the uh so but, but i mean that future was coming right i mean more people were going to be online mm-hmm. um None of us had any idea about social media, really, Facebook and things like that. I don't think YouTube even existed yet. And, I, and I've said this before on and maybe I've said it on this show or maybe I've said it on other shows, but I'm one of those like weird people who thought, oh, that YouTube thing's never going to catch on. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember when it came out, they're like, oh, this is going to change the world. And I'm like, that's ah, never going to catch on. It's just people putting <laughs> videos of their cats up on TV. And you know, so what, what a big deal. And now it's it's but it's probably, it's almost a whole different beast than what it used to be. Like there used to be is. a limit on like how long a video can be, and like it's completely changed into a, a totally different thing. So you weren't yeah. you weren't wrong. YouTube in its original form, yeah, it was limited. So I thought yeah. no, nobody will get into this, but I didn't expect it to grow like it grew. And then same thing for Facebook. Same thing for. Maybe even video games, really. I've played video games my whole life, and I've been there for the good. I've been there for the bad, the downtimes, the uptimes. And it just seems like it just keeps going up now. Like, it's just, it's spiking like crazy. And I I, I sometimes wonder about that. Is that just people, are we so hooked on media sometimes because we're trying to escape from things? I I know that, you know, I have a stressful uh, job I do, and... uh, I'm not always, I'm, I'm much more of an introvert by nature. So I like my quiet time and things. Um, I think I use a lot of stuff to escape into fantasy, comic books, movies, TV shows, podcasting, um, you name it. And I sometimes wonder, am I like one step away from falling into a cult-like situation where I'm like, you know, the TV is everything. It is everything. The screen is everything. <laughs> and uh, this episode kind of tapped into that a little bit. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect this. It's not preaching down to you, 
it's just kind of stating the obvious. And uh, I kind of like that. I, I kind of like that. It's just, it's not saying that TV's bad. It's just saying that it can be great, but it can also be used as a bad thing. And it's kind of gets down to that free will question, that question of free will, you know, is, you know, you, you, you believe in God because you want to believe in God, right? You don't believe in God because you have to believe in God. You believe in God because you want to believe in God. You believe in your TV shows because you want to believe in them. Your celebrities, your sports stars, you name it. We choose these things. And I think that's what this episode's about. It's about choice. And it's it's very interesting in that way. I will say, and I said this a little bit in text, and Brad said save it. <laughs> um, these two episodes, back to back, they, I, I don't know how it's going to lead into the, again, I'm not watching ahead, so I don't know how it's going to lead into the next thing. But these two episodes, in a weird way, they, they feel the most kind of solitary to themselves, but they also feel the most disjointed a little bit in some of the ways they're edited and put together. Edited. I always hate saying that word. <laughs> the way they're cut and put together. They, they seem a little disjointed and stuff, and, they, and they, they, they threw me a little off kilter a little bit, these, these two episodes, from what I'm used to, which I'm thinking, okay, I got a, a cult uh, leader here. I'm going to get an action-packed, probably a space fight of some sort. I didn't think I was going to get a mountain of TVs and <laughs> some guy that looks like the leader of Heaven's Gate and, and uh, you know, all these other odd things. It's almost a horror episode in a way. It, um, it's funny you say that now now that you said that the first what is it five ten minutes really it's like four four to six minute is all commercials yeah well it's commercials newsreels um and from an from a narrative perspective i guess it would be the equivalent of just going through like instagram videos or you yeah. know jumping scroll, scrolling on your phone yep. yeah scrolling on your phone because you're going from this commercial to this news thing to this commercial to another video see kids back in our day we had these things called commercials yeah but uh, what, what's crazy about it is it really catches you off guard because you're waiting after the first minute or so going okay we we got the news flash what's next it goes to a commercial it goes and you get so much information even from the commercials and not just from the news portion of it that it sets everything up and then the film kind of becomes a little bit of a horror movie or horror episode after that. But I, I think it, now that you say it to me, I think it's, it does a really good job of just, I don't know, putting you, putting you on edge because you don't know what's going on right at the beginning. And it's not your traditional storytelling. Like all the other episodes, you're starting out with either a concentration on one character, their predicament, or you're, you know, all four are going to deal with something. This, this, yeah. you really have no idea what's going on in, in the beginning. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, there was, it was the way that it was set up and cut. And I was just kind of like, wow, this is something's a little off here. And then I kind of realized what they were doing. And of course, then you get to the end and you get, you get to hear this cult leader or this version of a cult leader, this digital soul talking about how TV can manipulate and these games can manipulate and these things, this powerful tool. And I just, I, I was, just thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, I was kind of manipulated at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we forceful, I, I think people who really enjoy visual entertainment, uh, video games, uh, movies, TV shows, cartoons, whatever, you, whatever visual media, 
I think we do give ourselves over to it. Right. I mean, I think that's, that's what we do. I think those of us who really love it, we give our, I know I speak for you guys when I say that, I mean, when you go to sit down and watch a movie, even if it's at home, you probably turn the lights down. You want to give yourself to that piece at that point in time. It might be the worst thing you've ever seen. Uh, in y'all's case, it was probably the one you watched this past weekend, <laughs> but you still give yourself over to it. And you, and you hope, I think people who love these things, you hope that it sparks something in you. What this kind of sparked in me was kind of that I've been thinking about it ever since I watched this episode last week. Cause I thought we were recording last week and we ended up not being able to do it. Cause Brad had something going on. And this episode, weirdly, even though it's not one of my favorites, quote unquote, this one has stuck with me the most because it's had me thinking about the power of television and the power of screens and computers and technology and how much I rely on those things. And I'm not saying in a bad way, I'm not going to get into a screen time conversation or anything like that. I'm just saying that, we give ourselves over to these things and we choose to believe what we see and what we consume. And, uh, uh that's pretty powerful stuff. It's, it's funny you say that this is stuck with me too, but not from that angle, the whole metaverse stuff. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah, I, I still cannot wrap my head around this concept that you're going to strap a VR on You're you're going to go in an electronic world and, People are spending money to buy space in an electronic world and, and spending a lot of money on it. it. It sounds like the biggest scheme ever created and the amount of companies that are rushing hey, out Troy, there. Hey, let me, let me say, how would you like to buy this digital good that's <laughs> on the blockchain? Because I can sell you some stuff. Yeah, it's it's all this stuff and Bitcoin and everything else. And I'm looking at it and I'm, and I'm this episode resonates with me because this guy is basically saying you can transfer your entire physical body over into an electronic state and that's your soul, right? And And I'm watching the metaverse and I'm watching how this plays out. And this whole possibility of people strapping on goggles or whatnot and pretty much living their life in a, in a digital world where they are going to rent something, buy something, it's not tangible, it, it goes to their avatar or whatever it is, and um, people are willing to do that freely and companies are so excited about it and I, I just, I cannot wrap my head around it. To me, it it sounds exactly like this episode. It's so cultish. Like you will never see me rent an apartment in the metaverse or buy. Re- Cause I'm like it, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Um, probably it not this. On, it just, it's dumb. Depends on who's hanging out in there, I guess. <laughs> I, well, I mean, let's, let's go back and look at it this way too. Um, 1999, this episode comes out again. I said, no Facebook, no YouTube, yeah, no smartphones. Okay, now we have these devices, and I got an old one here. We got these devices in our hands. We can record every single thing we do, post it to the internet within seconds, take every single picture. We have so much cap. And if you'd have told me in 1999 that this is we would have these, I wouldn't. I wouldn't believe you. So I understand where you're coming from because you're saying, you know, this metaverse, this digital world, that. I honestly believe, I believe it will happen. I believe I haven't seen the, I've read the ready player one uh, novel, but I never saw the movie yet. Um, But I believe that is whether it's sad or great. 
there's some level of that. I believe that is our future. Yeah. That I believe people are going to want to live through these avatars and these made up things more than they're going to. And I don't know if that's sad or if that's. Oh, it's great. sad. I, I, I was going to play devil's advocate though. Sometimes the world sucks. Right. And, and we need an escape. People need an escape route. And if living in a digital world keeps you from going to school and shooting students or, you know, going to work and killing your coworkers, if that's what it takes no. Look, no, 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 over no. the last two years, <laughs> anything that keeps you sane, no. I am totally down. I, but that's the problem. I, I think so. No, you're, you're absolutely wrong. On I'm this. playing devil's advocate. I, you're, you're taking the wrong stance here. The reason why we have those issues is people can't deal with the real world. So, you, there you go. My my theory is you can play devil's advocate and and this is the problem. This is what you just said is probably the most dangerous argument, and people will will suck it up and go yes yes this is why we got to do it, is they will say that this in and of itself is going to solve all of these issues, and you're going to be able to connect more and be social, um, and you're not going to go around shoot people or if you shoot people you're only shoot, shooting like digital versions and and you're not really hurting people and that's okay or you know stuff like that because we do that today with video games right but the problem is the more that you escape from reality when not if but when reality crashes down on you and you're not mature enough or have the psychological capacity to handle adversity that's when you break and that's when you do real damage so I, I think this shit keeps you from being uh, able to cope with the real world stuff. That's why Ayn bites. I, I mean, I, I love that sequence where Ayn bites Jet to kind of snap him out of it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. to me, it's like that <laughs> that is the artist saying, folks, you got to be really careful of this. And it's going to take something very painful to bring you out of it. Yeah. Is it the real world can't we can't deal with the real world or is it the real world can't deal with us? Let's get really profound here. Yeah. <laughs> well, after after that Grease Two episode, I don't think the real world can deal with us. But I mean, it's it, it, it's an interesting conversation because technology just in twenty years has come so far, and you know I'm forty nine this year and I can't believe where we're at now. I never thought I'd be doing this. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We're talking to each other via a screen over a wire. I mean, and recording this and putting it out and it's accessible to every single person on the and planet. Tens of people are listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe only 10 of every. <laughs> no, there's, there's a good solid 10 people listening, <laughs> but still, I mean, it's, it's interesting that it's, it's, I've often said these connective tools are great. But at some point, humanity creeps in, and you have to wonder when the connection becomes corrupt. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. I mean, I, let me ask you this, Brad, because you you saw this years before mm-hmm. us, right? Did did yes. you happen to see this close to when it aired? It was probably two thousand one or two thousand two. So like at least twenty years around, ago, right? Yeah, yeah. So did it have? And I, I don't know if you can kind of go back to a memory of like when you first discovered this episode, but you've watched this series. I don't know how many times through and through. Sammy and I are coming to it the first time, and for us, we're like, "Holy shit! It's twenty twenty two. This thing from twenty whatever years ago is, is scarily accurate." Yeah, I mean, somebody was time traveling, right? But from your perspective, when you saw it then versus now, I mean, what it, 
what's your reaction to it? It's it's weird, right? Because at that time, like, I thought Instant Messenger was like the tool that would end all tools, <laughs> and and AOL was this thing that I was always going to have in my life, and I was yeah. connecting with people, and I didn't have to call my friends; I could just send them a message, and then we got a cable modem. Um, and I think it was like a T1 or something like that. And now I didn't even have to have a dial up. So we were always online and we were, I was downloading stuff and getting all this information. And it was to the point where it was like the internet was unfettered at that time and always available. And this was like, oh, well, they're just like being old men about it. Like people will always like have self-control with things and it'll be fine. And then you learn that, no, people don't have self-control. Um, and as soon as you start giving yourself over to companies and they want more and more and more. Um, so I'd never put two and two together until probably seven or eight years ago when I watched this again. I was like, oh, this thing was pretty spot on. And to a point where it's really scary. Um, I, I do want to say that I, I one of the things I respect about Cowboy Bebop is it is unafraid to talk about religion and faith and destiny and free will. The philosophical things going on with this show are, are something that you don't, I don't see a lot in shows that is like this. Um, you know, the, the, the target audience for this show is probably like 16 to 18 year old boys, right? Like, Teen boys, and, yeah. yeah. And, and they are talking about all this stuff about, did man create God or did God create man? And there's all these sort of philosophical, I mean, pretty much every episode we've talked about, there's some sort of philosophical element to it. And we're like, wow, this show's deep or I mean, not every sh- episode, but more than half. Um, so I, I have always respected this show for it being unafraid to tackle things that you're really not supposed to talk about. Um, and it does it in a way that makes you think about, life itself i you know we've talked about so much stuff on it predestination just everything um during this run and that's what this show does best it, it, it hits you with these hard um questions and kind of makes it cool right this show is cool it's, it's got jazz but it's also got all this other stuff going on um so let me ask so you that's this. That's why I've always thought it's like a cut above the rest. I, I agree with you 100%. So I, I would have a question for you guys. I've been thinking about this today too. And especially when we start talking about the next episode, um, you, you get things like all the list of, of items you said, Brad, predestination, um, chaos theory, uh, feng, shui, feng shui. I mean, the whole nine yards, right? Do you think they're using that to illustrate a plot point within an isolated episode or from a story arc uh, from the, the very first episode to even now is the, is the author is the creator. Is there a theme going through that's trying to say something specifically about a religion or religion in general or an intelligent being or fate or destiny, or does it change based on the nature of the plot of the episode? Does that question make sense? Yes. And I don't want to answer that because I have some foresight into what happens. Okay. So if I say anything, I don't want to ruin the last two episodes for you guys. So I will let Sammy go. 
I don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's I'm almost speechless. I don't have an answer. I really don't. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about all this stuff and I, 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 I'm coming away from this thing in a 20 minute cartoon is making me question my existence. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, I agree with you. This is one. This is one of my favorites. I'm a, I, I, I'm a speechless podcaster for the first time in 15 years. I, I, we did it. We did it. Yeah, you you said this was I, I don't know. We keep calling top tier AB. I, I forget how we were grading it. I'm almost to the point where I got to go back and look at all the episodes or watch them, and I'll have different grades. Like, okay, give me the ones that challenged me intellectually, and then I'll have those top five. Give me the ones that I had the most fun in. I'll have those top five, and then give me the ones that are near perfection because they 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 challenge you from a philosophical standpoint, they're asking tough questions. Visually they're impressive and they're a lot of fun. I think you got a top five there, but it's so weird how depending on how you look at the series, you can have a top five within the series and it's going to fluctuate and change. And even I would go so far to say is I know we've you know got two episodes left. I don't know if I can sit here and go, well, these are the best five episodes of the series because I'd have to say, you know, just like what we talk about, it, it's hard to say what's your top 10 films of all time, but it's easier to say what's your top 10 action films. What's your top, Cause you don't want to, you don't want to gauge action against horror versus comedy, right? That's hard to do. I, I almost think with this series, it's the same way. It's like, I can give you my top five action episodes of cowboy bebop. I can give you my top five comedic episodes. I can give you my top five, um, uh, intellectual episodes. And that's easier for me to rank it versus what's my top five, favorite episodes i'd go well i've got like 22 so far i don't i don't know what to do yeah and one of the things i also like about this episode is like all this shit about tv and all that stuff could feel so sort of philosophy 101 i took a semester of that in college now i'm going to come pontificate to you during spring break and i'm gonna you know it's gonna be this diatribe that you're not gonna want to hear but they get it right in this episode um and it really comes off really well um you know it's hard to to ignore the like the heaven's gate parallels um and you know the suicide stuff yeah which is like yeah tv shows played a part in that too so yeah 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 um and then I start thinking about, you know, they're talking about manipulation of people through TV and you're like, so, I, you know, it's like, well, you can basically do that with social media. Like we, we curate our people we follow to get all the opinions that we want to hear and we ignore all the ones we don't want to hear. So we're we just living in these tunnels where we have tunnel vision and we don't think of anything outside of this tunnel anymore. And you're like, you have 10% of the people that I know now it's like, are these people even living on the same planet of, as us anymore? And it's <laughs> just this craziness. Um, and they kind of get it right in 1999 in an anime show. Um, it's kind of scary that maybe the writing was on the wall. Then I, you know, my head was in the sand. I was just looking forward to the matrix at that point in time. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'll say this too. The, the thing that, um, made me realize we're coming to the end or I think that some things are getting wrapped up was the, the, the little sequence where the big shots, the bounty hunter show is canceled in this episode. Yes. And, and it, I, break, it basically breaks the fourth wall of the show because 
the ratings for this weren't that great. So they basically wrote in that Big Shots, the Bounty Hunter show, which Cowboy Bebop, the Bounty Hunter show was getting canceled. So they wrote that in as kind of a, hey, we're leaving too. Yeah. So it wasn't the number of the episode that we were on, but because I, I don't know, I, I'm so into the story and the characters. But as soon as that comes up, it just dawned on me. I'm like, holy cow, we've only got a couple episodes left. So um, I, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. But yeah, breaking the fourth wall, it's, it's definitely there. Again, it's it's really smart writing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We have to talk about the next one because the next one is, and I'm just going to say spoiler alert for the next episode. We can't talk about what happens in it without talking about what happens in it. And if you haven't watched this episode, uh, don't listen to us talk about it because we are going to spoil the hell out of it. That is hard luck woman. Uh, Ed places a fake bounty into the system for her own father. Jesus Christ. They just give it away right then and there Uh, (laughs) in hopes. Jen and spike will lead her to him. They do. And despite a joyous reunion, her absent minded father immediately abandons her to pursue his work mapping earth. Ed decides to leave the group. God damn. They synopsis and heads out on her own in search of her. Oh, her father. Ed comes along with her. Okay. So that's it. Okay. I just spoiled the whole thing. Um, well, yeah. Okay. The episode. <laughs> yep. That's Sammy, the episode. <laughs> uh, hard luck woman go. Yeah. Um, so this one kind of starts out, uh, Faye kind of, Watching the the VHS again, kind of looking into her past and everything. I believe again. it's a Betamax. A Beta, that's right. We <laughs> talked about that. And uh, shame on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is already she's already a part of the episode right from the get go. She's kind of like hovering in the background and stuff. And and this is an interesting episode because this is probably as deep as Ed gets through the whole series, at least up to this point, because. There's almost like this puppet master like uh, mentality here. I think it's innocent. I don't think it's like the, you know, the all seeing puppet master, but clearly she knows something about this space, this memory, the phase having, she sets up this bounty to potentially look for her father. We don't know that at the time. (laughs) It's, it's, it's very, this one again is very disjointed in the beginning and I'm kind of lost for a little bit. I'm like, what is going on? You know, now we're back here and Ed has evidently been here before and she's part of this orphanage and there's Catholicism elements here. And I'm like, what the hell? What is going on with the show? It's just throwing me, throwing all the symbolism at me. And then I, I realize as I'm watching it that really, and this is my interpretation of this episode, all these folks on the Bebop are looking for something right the bounties are the job but they all seem to be looking for some kind of purpose this is the episode that gives ed and potentially Faye and even on uh maybe some closure from what i think i mean i i was probably <laughs> it sounds terrible i was more sad than anything that Ayn ran off because <laughs> <laughs> i love Ayn, man yeah but the this is the episode where I feel like they know the show is coming to an end, so they're starting to to close doors here. And there's closure with the egg character, and it's it's slightly 
I don't know if I got as emotional as Troy because Troy sent us a gift that uh, twice today. Um, but I certainly got caught up in the moment of these characters walking away and some closure and maybe some apologies and jet black and, and spike not understanding what's going on. Cause people are acting out of character, things like that, which is usually a sign somebody's changing or they've grown or something. So this episode to me is the most transitional of all the episodes because now we're heading toward the end of whatever this is. Cause again, I haven't seen the last two episodes. Only Brad knows <laughs> what, what happens at the end on the show. Um, but there was a little bit of pain involved, uh, like the headbutts that Spike took. Uh, there's a little bit of pain here and some father issues and some, some strange moments too. The, the one where he's like, my, you're taking care of my son or is it my daughter? Which is the question we asked, I think, in the beginning when we first yeah. saw it. What's the question I asked when I first saw Ed? And all these memories are coming back. And we also get some more clarification on what's going on with Faye and her past. And that's heartbreaking. And I was just like, man, this is a, a gloomy-ass episode <laughs> <laughs> of a cartoon show. <laughs> You know, I mean, when you take it down to its basic, what it is, I mean, it's, it's an anime, hand-drawn animated show, but it's dealing with some really big themes in these last two episodes. And that's why I kind of started that text that Brad told me to save is like these episodes threw me off because they know they're coming to an end. Um, if I'm watching this the first time and I don't know there is an end, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it, it, there's this sense of melancholy over the whole thing. And uh, yeah, I felt good after I watched it, but I just... I don't know, man. This one, this one's a, a again. It's a bit disjointed for me. I still don't quite grasp where if I, I guess at some point, phase soul or something transitioned to something else. I don't know what happened. I, st- I my poor dumb brain doesn't quite understand that part of it because she meets an older lady here who supposedly she went to school with. Yeah, she was cryogenically frozen though. Okay, there we go. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Because that's the scene where you saw her cleavage. Yeah. I remember that now. <laughs> oh, it's all coming back to you. <laughs> all coming back. Flowing right in there. Sweaty cleavage. But the. I, 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 don't, I don't know. This is going to sound like a controversial answer here, but I don't know if I like this episode very much because I think I was angry at it in some ways. <laughs> well, you're 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 possibly having to say goodbye to characters that you're probably not ready to say goodbye to. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it, when, whenever you get a group in a narrative, whenever you get a group in a narrative like a, a TV show, um, whenever a, an actor leaves or something, the real world inter- interferes, sometimes they can recover. Sometimes they never recover, right? The shows go off the air or the, you know, the movie's never the same if they try to replace them with somebody. Um, this, you know, these two characters going away, it feels like it, 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 it breaks the, you know, you're breaking up the band, man. You're breaking up the Beatles. Yes. Suddenly Sammy Hagar is singing for Van Halen. You're like, I don't want this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really want that. I mean, I don't want a couple of good songs, but I don't really want that. (laughs) And the next thing you know, the guy that used to sing for extreme is singing with Van Halen. You're like, what's going on? What is up? Yeah. But I, but I, overall, I enjoyed the episode, but it's very, it's another one of those kind of poetic melancholy episodes of introspection. 
And that's the weirdest thing about these two episodes. These these two episodes are the most introspective, I think. Outside, there was one episode. I can't remember. There was one episode some ways back that was very introspective. And it might have more to do with Spike. But these these are the two most introspective episodes I, I can think of for the show. And they just had me thinking, you know. I mean, you go through these cycles in life with these people in and out of your life. And what you touch upon with them, how they touch you. I'm not talking physically here. But, um, you know, these people come in and out of your life. I mean, uh, who know who knew two years ago that I'd, we'd be doing this? And it kind of gets into these 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 moments and these destinies. And I don't know. It, I, I don't know. Animated shows aren't supposed to make me think like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's the explosions? Yeah. I'm, supposed to, I'm waiting for, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme to show up or something. Yeah. And, and this show, it just feels like the creator's like getting everything out. He's like, here you go. This is everything I think. And I, I can't even see how this wraps up at this point. I have no clue how this is going to wrap up at this point. Like, I'm totally at a loss. I mean, most of the time I can somewhat, I mean, I've watched more than a few hours of TV in my life. I can usually kind of figure out how something's going to end. I have no idea how the show's going to end. I'm with you. 100%. Yeah, no idea. No clue. I hope I'm surprised. I hope I'm not let down. <laughs> uh, Troy, what about your your initial thoughts? Uh, so two things. There, if if you go back many episodes uh, when Ed was first introduced, I think I almost had an aneurysm because I hated that character so much that yeah. that episode drove me nuts. And I remember saying that there, even from you know me getting on social media saying, "What is everybody's take on this character?" Everybody loved this character. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't see it after that first episode. And over time, uh, I I really started liking that eccentric character and sort of the chaos that she brought. And I really love that episode, the the sort of Ed and Ayn adventure episode, um, which I kind of said, hey, it reminded me a little bit of Cannonball Run, just in terms of its energy and, and what was going on with it. I think you compared it to Mad Max, uh, Sammy. Yeah. Yeah. Road Warrior. Yeah. Um, so I was really shocked when this played out and I, I just had this emotional reaction to it. And like you, Sammy, I was like, Ein's leaving and Ed's leaving and my, my just draw, my, my jaw dropped. I'm, I, I like, why? Well, why are they leaving? I, I didn't understand it. And I had to go back and watch this episode again because it just totally threw me for a loop. And what I come to realize was I have not seen a character stay true to the character in, in any kind of film or medium, the way that Ed has, I think Ed is probably one of the best um, developed characters in any series, be it live action, animated, whatever. And what's weird is Ed has always had um, her bits within certain episodes and even had an episode where it was like her and Ayn. And, and it feels like she's always in the background just adding some layer to it. Um, but if you look at how she came into this world and you get that backstory about her in the orphanage, and then you get to meet her father and her father's reaction. Her her father is basically living this philosophy 
that says there is so much chaos in the world that his job is to chase down meteors that is creating more chaos on earth and map out the earth to add order to the chaos. And he is chasing meteor after meteor. Um, and, and you see that that's where Ed comes from. And then you see the choice that Ed makes. And e even Faye tells Ed at some point, belonging is the best thing there is. Like you have a father, you gotta go do this, et cetera. Faye's trying to direct her to reconnect with the father, et cetera. Father takes off. You said, Sammy, that Ed goes out on her own to look for her father. I don't think Ed's going for her father at all. I think Ed and Ayn are going on to the next thing. Um, and what I think is, is very poignant about this episode is there was a line and I think the old woman tells Faye this when they meet in the park because she thinks Faye's a ghost, right? And she says, ghosts, um, they, they say they appear in places where they have regrets and Faye is constantly chasing down these places because she's, she's trying to hold on to her past. And like you said, everybody is looking for something. I think, I think, I think Ayn and Ed belong together and they are going out into the world to find out, um, like where they belong. It, and it's not the bebop, like they've matured past jet and everybody else. And, and they know this, they've come to that realization and they're like, we're done here. We've got to go to the next thing. Like they don't have any regrets. They're moving on. And th that brings me to the second thing is the reason why I asked that question earlier about, do you think that the artist or the creator has this, I don't know, thorough line of philosophy or worldview or something, because they're bringing in so many different um, things about religion, about fate, death, life, the whole nine yards, right? I think they're saying like, I'm so excited about the last two episodes because I feel like when this series is done, you could sit down and say, here's a dissertation or a theoretical paper on life and philosophy and religion. And there is a theme there. And this artist is not just trying to tell you a story about bounty hunters, but this artist um, is really trying to tell you that here's how the world works. These are the things you hold on to. These are the things you let go. And it very much feels like this Buddhist philosophy. And Ed just kind of, um, I, I don't know, cements that a little bit by just saying it's time to let go and go on because if you continue to hold on, you're stuck. And that's what Faye's doing. And Ed's doing the opposite. And uh, again, I, I, I think those are my two favorite things about it. I'm, I watched Ed go from this character I totally hated to somebody that is so endearing. And then it totally fits into what Ed is. Those, the choices she makes, to totally. I mean, you see TV characters or film characters and all of a sudden you're like, well, that choice just doesn't really serve the character, but it serves the plot and the narration. This character makes all these choices and it serves the character and it's just pitch perfect. And on top of that, it's, it's trying to tell you something about this um, thorough line of like a philosophy of life and religion and everything else. I, I, I think it's brilliant. Well, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. 
I, I don't, I don't know if I was heartbreaking as much as, um, there was, uh, I, I don't know that it, I, I wasn't sad. I mean, my, my, I guess my first reaction was melancholy and I was a little sad, but I watched it again. I, I just, it, it came down to an epiphany and I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. I understand Ed like that. That's yeah, growth. Yeah. But I, I just didn't want to see Ed and I and Faye seemingly not returning. Right. And I wasn't initially, I was not ready you're never ready for it. You're yes, never ready exactly, for it. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that's life, right? Yeah. You're never ready for it. Yeah. But but what's funny in this episode is it I think it's saying something that basically says if you aren't comfortable with letting go, if you if you aren't comfortable with the ebb and flow in life, you're gonna be in the place that Faye's in. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- there's a reason why this is really an episode that starts with Faye and her journey and Ed is tagging along, but you you really are watching Ed and Faye play out their choices in their life side by side. And you see where one ends and the other one stays because they are a ghost. They're, they're holding on to those regrets. They're holding on to that past. They can't move on, but Ed is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going on to the next thing. Ayn recognizes that and goes, I want to go, I want to go with you. I don't want to stay here. Yeah. And I mean, there's a reason why it's called hard luck woman and not hard luck women. Yeah. Because you can, that moniker changes throughout this episode. At first you're thinking, oh, this is all about Faye now. And then it's like, oh, this is all about Ed now. And you're like, well, no, it's about Faye again. And you're like, oh, it's about both of them. And the choices that they made, how one goes on one path the other just kind of does things on their own terms and says, and, and does things the way she feels like when she's ready. And that's why Ed is such a great character is Ed doesn't change for these people. She is who she is. And she stays that way throughout the whole um, series. And when it's time for her to feel like her time is up and she's ready to move on, she does. And uh, again, <laughs> I liked Ed from the very beginning, but it's just always hard to see, you know, her look back on the bebop and you're like, Oh, I'm kind of looking back on this show because we've only got pretty much one long episode left. And, you know, Ed's kind of doing what we're doing. We're looking back and saying, Oh, we've watched 24 episodes now and we're at the end pretty much. Um, It's kind of fitting. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I want to say it's bittersweet and I want to say it, it, it has a uh, downer point to it, but I, I just think it's a real lesson, man. I mean, at the, you know, look at the end of the day, if you're doing the same thing that you're doing right now, five, 10 years from now, you're doing something wrong. You, you really are. Yes, that is, that is a hundred percent true. Um, and I've just I've never seen an animated show tackle that, and then show it in sort of a juxtaposition to like another narrative that's going on, and it's so interesting. So, like I said, that's what fascinates me. You you, you nailed it, Brad. I mean, Ed is a character who's taking the world on on her own terms, but I, I like some of um, even the messaging that goes on because she goes back to the orphanage. And, and the orphanage just embraces open arms like, hey, Ed's back and you don't miss a beat, right? And so 
they have a great time, da, 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 and then Ed's gone again. So the the good thing about it is Ed being gone with Ayn doesn't mean you won't ever see Ed and Ayn again. And I think that's what that orphanage is setting up, right? Mm. But it's basically saying that for that time period um, and for what's going on right now, Ed needs Ed and Ayn need something else, right? They they've got to go find find their next thing. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree that the dad sucks. <laughs> As yeah. a father of a daughter, he sucks. He likes his <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yeah. So Mr. Does, cool, Mr. Cool Hand Luke sucks. So does, yeah, so does Jet and Spike at the end of the episode. They really like him too. Yeah, it, I, I think the most, I think for me, the the heartbreaking moment is we have this patriarchal Jet Black character yelling that, hey, you know, food is ready. And he doesn't hear anything back, and it's just him and Spike again, as it was the very first episode. You're like, oh man, like here we are. We started with these two guys. We're seemingly going to end with just these two guys, and yeah, it's just a it's a we not a weird way to do a show, but it's like okay, maybe it was all about. I mean, obviously the journey in between, but these two people together at the end, like what, what's going to happen? Was it all just about those two guys being bounty hunters together? Um, I mean, it's not because there's so much more going on between the 23 episodes in between this, but you know, it's boiling down to just those two people again. So it's just an interesting way to do it. Yeah. I I look at it this way and and probably it's more relatable to me, but, and and you guys are not there yet, but you know, this, let's say last eight months, I've had to watch my daughter go off to college, like first year of college. So that was the recognition where it's like, oh, she's going to be back on the weekends and the holidays. She's gone. So I'm going to see her return when she needs food um, or, you know, the bank account <laughs> runs low or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, she needs to get bailed out of jail. She's got to get bailed there. out of jail, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, <laughs> she, we're going to come back and have those moments and, you know, she'll put in her time with her old man. But then as soon as she's like, I served my time, give me my cat. No, she's not like that. But it, it was a realization where it's like, Hey, our time has ended now. We're still yeah. father and daughter. Right. But that chapter in that period has ended. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I was okay with it. Like I was surprised dropping her off at college. I thought for just, I'm going to be a blubbering idiot on the way home. And it's an hour and a half drive. You know, she's not that far. It's an hour and a half. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'm I'm just going to have a rough week. And it has been a little rough, but we talk all the time. You know, we're texting and we see each other. But not having her around for me to bug her, her to bug me, it's been different but it's also been it's also been really good. It it felt like yeah, I accomplished something. Like I got a decent human being out in the world and they're they're not going to fuck up the world. They're actually going to improve the world. They're going to do amazing things. They're going to they're going to far exceed anything I've ever done. And I I felt really excited about that. So when I see this episode that's kind of running through my head. Like I, I feel like jet and, and spike, they got Ed to a good place and it's time for Ed to go out. And I think it's kind of a good thing. Hmm. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. Like I, I, I agree with that. 
Um, that's a good take because, you know, the 18 years you're basically molding this person to be better than you. Like, I think all three of us, the only thing we want our kids to be is be better than us, be more successful than us, have more than us. And if you can get them on that path to doing that and they, and they succeed, then you've done your job. Right. And like you said, maybe Spike and, and, and Jet think that they've gotten Ed to a place where she's better off and she can now conquer this world um, and make it a better place. It's interesting. Man, that's a... It's all this <laughs> deep conversation about cartoons, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, I can't on? get my daughter to watch that. She loves animation and I'm like, you need to watch Cowboy Bebop. She's like, no. I'm like, yeah. why? She's like, because you keep pushing it on me and I'm just holding out to annoy you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like the complete opposite conversation last night as to what we're having tonight. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. totally 180. But no, I just... Uh, I, I really love this episode, but I, I love this. I've really come to appreciate this series because it speaks to me in an entirely different level. I didn't expect it to. And um, it, it resonates with me in just certain chapters and maybe the timing of it is like, I could have watched this, uh, you know, a year or two years earlier and not felt that way about this episode. But I don't, I don't know. It felt cathartic because I always, I, for the longest time I thought it was messed up. Cause I'm like, man, everybody's dropping their kids at school and they're just balling. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't have that reaction. I was kind of patting myself on the back, like, you know, good, good job, Troy. What? And I thought maybe I'm psychologically messed up. But when I see this episode, I'm like, you know, th this, this show gets me a little bit. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it knows like that, that what you did was a good thing. And you kind of got a champion that, and, and it's okay to feel kind of proud that they're, they're off doing better than you. So, well, like, and this is a weird metaphor. So, you know, take this journey with me here, but like, <laughs> so when I first did my first marathon, you know, I was talking to people, they're like, you should start training like a year out. Right. And the more time you put in before you get there, the easier it is. And that's kind of how you parent, right? Like it's, you've got this long journey, like a long way away. If you don't start now, it's, that's going to be harder when it gets closer and closer. So you got to start now. Um, and so here, you know, we've seen so many episodes of these people interacting. Some of them have become better people. Other people were still kind of waiting to see. Um, I like how Spike's still kind of ambiguous. Like we know that Spike is vengeful and will pretty much do anything for Julia. Um, and uh, basically, you know, it, it, it boils down to whether or not she's involved in something or not, whether how loyal he is, um, you know, jet has been the father figure this whole time. And even he plays a father was that in the last episode, he's literally Ed's father in that episode for, you know, um, dressing up. And, um, yeah, I thought that was also, I meant to bring that up last when we were talking about that episode, but you know, him kind of dressing up as the father of Ed kind of, you know, culminates to this moment where you're like, yeah, of course you've been playing Ed's father the whole time. And now you literally are her father um, in this scenario. Um, yeah. I like, I like a lot of anime and like Dragon Ball Z for, for was one of the first ones I watched. And, 
it's really cool. It's got a lot of action. We would definitely not be having conversations about, uh, you know, life and death and all sorts of stuff. If we're talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z, um, other shows kind of get there, but aren't as uh, well done. That's what's unique about this one is it, it like it goes and swings big for these big philosophical uh, themes. And for the most part, it really nails it. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you guys about it is because there's a lot to chew on. Um, it's not just a, you know, a fun animated show. Um, it's 22 minutes and usually they're pretty packed with something you can, can definitely kind of sink your teeth into. Right. Right. Yeah. I got to say after all this journey, and I'm sure we'll talk about this when we wrap it all up too. I did not, the expectations of the show. Uh, I mean, the show has just earned a lot of respect for me. I just never really, I, I guess I kind of always saw it on the surface as kind of this vacuous entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that. I love that kind of thing. Right. Oh yeah. But it's kind of given me some kind of weird, profound moments, but also maybe I mean, the show is that good, but I think also talking about the show has led to this as well. Um, hey, for hey. those who don't, those who don't know, reviewing TV is, I'm going to say reviewing TV is harder than reviewing films. <laughs> it yeah. Is. Well, I was going to ask you, Sammy, has there been another TV series that you can think of that you wanted to talk about it at this level? Uh, the The only one that comes up to me, and it was something that I experienced with my daughter, she introduced me to avatar and she's like, Oh, you're going to love this. And it, it's not at the cowboy bebop level. Sorry, angel. Um, but there are episodes in there that really resonate. And there are a couple of avatar episodes. I was tearing up big time, but it, it still is very plot driven and it's, it's a really good series. I don't, I think it's a precursor to what, um, this show is in terms of depth and entertainment and everything else. But I mean, can you think of any other series that just hits the way this thing does? Or you Brad? Um, uh, like anime, anything. I, I'm just, I, I let's, let's, I, I'm going to make this comment. Like this is one of the best television shows. Forget that it's anime or anything else. This is hands down one of the best television shows. So I, I would grade it against anything out there. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, there are all timers for me. And this is in that list of 10 that of shows. That I would say these are all time best TV shows for me. Um, I don't know, because it's like a lot of them are shows that their episodes are longer. Right. So if you look at Game of Thrones, those are an hour. So there's ebbs and flows. Um Breaking Bad is another show where it's like longer episodes. Um, boy, it's hard. It's really it hard. Because um, I mean, me, me, me and Troy could talk about Frasier for hours. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for for a 22 minute episode show, so your your standard half an hour TV show. Right. Boy, it's hard. It's really hard because I would think. There's not a lot. There's not a bad episode in this run. There's some that are way better than others. And there's some that are good, but I would, 
I would watch any of these episodes at any point in time and feel perfectly okay with it. There's not a weak episode in this run. Hmm. For me, it's more of a cheat. I mean, I I like a lot of television. Um, I watch quite a bit of television. I don't watch nearly as much as I used to because I have children. It's impossible. Uh, So now we just watch, you know, big streaming shows, right? And, uh, um, but I, but I like a lot of shows. The Sopranos is a great show, obviously. I've never watched Breaking Bad. Just never got to it. It's just one of those things. It's always eluded me. Join the club. I feel yeah, like you you and I are the only ones on the, on we're, the planet we're do, that have we're never gonna seen do it. That. <laughs> we're going to do that show. Well, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes things have, uh, evade you. That, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mad Men. Evade, I've never seen that. I don't know. Same. I, yeah. So, I mean, but there's so much television. And and there's so many films we shouldn't. There's so much. Films. There's so much content. Yeah. There's so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That I had. I just kind of have to. I can't. I, if I think about it, I get overwhelmed, and I. I you're never going to be able to see everything. You're never going to be able to read every book. It's just not going to happen, no matter how hard we try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm or, sure. Or buy. Or buy it all. <laughs> I'm sure there's some things we do. Yeah. Yeah. We might buy it all. I don't know if we'll ever watch it all, but we'll start. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as an animated, or a an anime this has been an enlightening experience because again a long time ago when i came on the show uh, the original show with you guys first time i had said that anime is always something that kind of has eluded me in quality there's the big hitters the akiras and the the overfiends <laughs> and things the like ghost that goes to the shells yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's so much of this stuff out there and I've seen some bad stuff. And once you start seeing some of the, the you get t- kind of down in the doldrums with some of this stuff, you're like, yeah, I'm not going back if you're not into it. And I just got, I got to a point where I just seen too much. There's too many, too many mechs, too many uh, <laughs> baby eyed, uh, half naked girls or uh, Neon Genesis is really good, though. Oh, it is. It's really good. But, but I just, I would get away from it and I'd just be like, I'm not going to go back. And th- yeah, so for me, Anime wise, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. I don't know if I can put it into TV, but I would say it is one of the better TV shows I've ever watched. A half hour animated TV show. I mean, I love I love the Justice League cartoon a lot too, but I'll rep for that all day long. I still have the DVDs. <laughs> I never let that's the only one of the few DVDs I have the Blu-rays and the DVDs. I've never gotten rid of those. I love the, the those cartoons. So yeah, that was good. Well, guys. I hate to tell you this, but we have basically one long episode left. Um, It is broken into two parts. It is the real folk blues, part one and part two. And then are we committed to doing the the movie? We're going to do the movie, right? Yeah. Are are we doing the movie separate? Yeah, we'll do this. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I'll do the movie. No doubt. As a film film fan, I'm excited about the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the it's nice they spent some money on the movie too so you know you can see the nice animation and stuff like that so. what's funny is i've seen the film that's the only oh. thing i've ever seen and <laughs> i i remember zero about it i don't remember yeah. anything about the film yeah, yeah that, that happens more and more as the years go by for me <laughs> yeah, yeah I, know. Like I, I know i've seen that when i rewatched uh, lost world with landon the other night i was like wow i don't remember any of this I literally remember the girl doing the gymnastics on like the bars and that's about it. And there's a T-Rex running through a street. That's about as all I remember. And I've seen that movie multiple times. I remember an RV going over a cliff. I think that's, there's a whole lot in that movie, but I didn't remember any of it. (laughs) 
God, that new that new Jurassic Park looks so dumb. So dumb. Mission Impossible God. 10 with dinosaurs. Oh, God, it looks so dumb. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, yeah. So join us uh, for next episode when we wrap up the TV series of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I'm watching it tomorrow. Like, I can't wait. I'm <laughs> dying to see how this ends. So uh, I, did you guys, I have a question. The end of Cowboy Bebop, they always show like a snippet, like the coming soon of the next one. Did did you watch this, Sammy? I didn't. I made. I accidentally did. I usually don't. And then it's on, and I'm like, "Holy shit, what's going on?" Yeah. And I, I was dying to just go. We we got to watch it. We got to watch it right now. Um, but I know the rules. I can't watch it till after we record. But I'm telling yeah, you, I, I, I watched all. I used to watch those, and then it just made me want to watch. Keep watching the show, so I quit watching. Yeah, I'm the same way. I but I, for whatever reason, I let this play on, and I saw it, and it's killing me. So yeah, I, first thing tomorrow. That's. I'm, I'm I don't know it. if I've been more excited to talk about something than <laughs> the end of this TV show. So yeah, you would, Grease too. You was pretty excited. Yeah, you I were, was pretty excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Sexual awakening. <laughs> we can all tell you were very excited. Yeah. yeah. Your nickname was Sundial for that episode. Yeah. No, his, his nickname is Tweety Bird. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, yeah. that's it. We're <laughs> we're looking back at the Bebop, and it's just a few of us left. Almost a melancholy toward a, a kind of penum- penumpulate. Is that the word? Pen- Penultimate, penultimate, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll trust you. Episode, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Penultimate is the episode before the last episode. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. cool. Learn something. All right, all right. Thanks, guys. See you, space cowboy. There you go.